quite the exercise. My dad exercised pretty much every day of his life. He was a prize fighter. He won the Golden Gloves of Chicago in 1938. Chicago, tough town. Won a welterweight division. And uh, he did the speed bag for all the, pretty much all my time at home. And he could make that speed bag talk. I mean, he could make a dance. He could get fancy. Uh, Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, uh, had nothing on him for jumping rope, or he could do fancy rope jump, and he could he would run every morning, a little jog every morning, and uh, he watched his weight. He had a philosophy of weight control that probably would have sold better than all these diets you see on TV. I'm gonna tell it. I'm gonna give it to you for free. <laughs> Not that you need it, of course. But he never let himself get over five pounds overweight. When he got to be five pounds overweight, he quit eating a bunch of the stuff that was causing the weight gain, and he got back down to his target weight. Then he started eating the sweets again. He could eat pie and cake and ice cream and everything else, but when he got that five pounds extra, stop and get frugal again, right? Now, why, not, why don't we do that? Why do we get 100 pounds over? <laughs> or 200? And have to have somebody... Uh, almost almost uh, hold a gun to our head to, to lose the weight, because by then it's tough, right? I'm going to talk to you. You say, what's this got to do with the message today? You'll find out. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. First Timothy. By the way, my dad died healthy. <laughs> but he did die. He died at his target weight. 1 Timothy 4, 7, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes, and I'll not belabor it, but I want to spend the next 30 minutes. If you'll give me your mind, your time, you'll not think about anything else. You'll ask God to give you some, give you some. I, th I think preaching is a, is a partnership between the listener and the preacher. And if you don't come ex expecting something from God, uh, you're probably not going to remember anything I said uh, in an hour. But if you say, God, I want something, not from Bill Lytell, but from God through Bill Lytell, through the Bible, uh, I believe you'll leave here with something life-changing. All of you have been to messages that change your life. I mean, the message will change your life. One decision, one direction-changing decision literally will change the outcome of where you, what your life, hopefully for better, can also be for worse, you know. But a lot of times in a message, God, the Holy Spirit will whisper to you and give you a life-changing, direction-changing suggestion. And you can say yes or no. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior and you're saved here tonight, this morning, uh, then you actually have already made a life-changing, direction-changing decision, haven't you? But there's many of those decisions in a, in a Christian life if the Lord lets you live very long. Many of those. 
How many times you heard a good sermon and you got all fired up? I have. I've heard a sermon, we got all emotional, fired up. And, and uh, really in two, three weeks, nothing came of it. Um, the same old things happened. Uh, the, the conviction that it brought up faded. And I, and I evidently did not take action upon it. Thought I did. You know, the results pretty soon, I was back to where I was before. And you look around on that, you see that you're not alone. Uh, maybe uh, you thought that God would come when you first got saved and a new Christian, and God was going to come, and he was going to do shazam. People come to my office. I should get a little wand, a little wand with a little sparkly on the end of it. And, I, and I, in fact, I should throw sparklies. I should shoot a, a cannon of sparkles over the top of them. And say, okay, whatever you wanted, you got it. That's the Pentecostal kind of way of doing it, but that's not really Bible. And, and you know it doesn't work. It may work for a short period of time, but, but what good is something if it doesn't last? I don't want, I don't want temporary change. I, I don't want to be better for a week or two weeks. I want my life to change. That when I'm old, I'm not there yet, but when I'm old, I'm still doing the decision that was made for God. I want to emphasize in the little phrase at the end of verse 7 there in chapter 4, 1 Timothy, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise thyself unto godliness. There's an interesting word there, gunazo. Now, normally I don't try to... to mention the Greek word just to show you that I know something about Greek. I don't know much about Greek, but I know something about it. And uh, just to show you that I actually study once in a while. But the word gumnazo, I have to say, because you already know what the English word equivalent is of that. Isn't it? Gymnastic. Gymnastic. Gumnazo. The word exercise is the word gumnazo. It is a word also translated to discipline. Now, I'm going to give you some one-liners. You young people here today, I'm going to give you some one-liners that will change your life if you, if you let the Holy Spirit do it. Discipline is the secret of godliness. Discipline is a se the secret of godliness. Now, obviously not on the energy of the flesh. Obviously, no good thing comes out of the flesh. But we're talking under the inspiration, under the guidance and illumination of the Holy Spirit, discipline will take you where you need to go for God. Godliness to make you like God, to make you into the image. Hey, you want to be in the image of Jesus? Do you want to be like him? Do you want to think like him, act like him, talk like him, walk like him? That's the ultimate goal of being a Christian. Eventually, of course, we're transmitted into heaven, and we're going to take on a body that looks like unto his glorious body. So the, the spirit, soul, and body will be complete in him. But discipline, exercise thyself unto godliness. That is to train, I mean, in the, in the normal term, it's to train the body as well as the mind in some sort of a discipline, a work. But I have to say that discipline is not a popular word. It's not a popular word in any age at any time. Instead, the, the sermon that's preached most ages is liberty through laxity. 
They preach liberty. Let me read it for you. 2 Peter 2.19 says, while they promise them liberty. There's preachers in pulpits today across the, in the world that are promising their people liberty. They themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man has overcome, the same as he brought into bondage. They're, they're doing and, and they're failing in the very areas they're telling these periods. They, 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 preach, they preach a no-rules Christianity. I don't know, it's amazing to me, the devil must have done it, but he gives rules a bad name. I'm glad there are highway driving rules. How about that? Even though some people don't obey them. I'm glad that there are rules to sporting events, or I wouldn't even watch them. I wouldn't want to watch a sporting event with no rules. Yet, for some reason, people get saved and they get all bowed up when the preacher tries to tell them that there are certain things that God expects of them. Amen? Okay. And yet, God does expect a lot of us. Because when get, we get saved, we're only 1% God and about 99% flesh. And God's goal for us is to take that 99% and make it 100% by the grace of God before we die. Or maybe 1% flesh and 99% spirit. And that process is not going to be comfortable. Just like if you decide this morning that you're going to run a, a 5K race. If you haven't run much and you start just you decide that you're going to run a 5k race, it's going to be I know from experience, it's going to be real painful to get to the place where you can even run a mile. When I started running with my wife, I was in my 40s, you crisis out in your 40s. I crisis out midlife, midlife crisis that means I'm going to live to 80. And uh I, I, uh, I crisis down. I told my wife, we got to do some exercise, man. We just got to do some exercise physically. This is it's killing us not exercising. My dad, I mean, you know, he just was on me too. And so I said, we're going to start jogging three times a week. We're going we're gonna to run as much as we can, and then we're going to just keep doing that until we figure out what, we're, what goes on. So she says, well, I'll, I'll go with you. I, I, she says, well, my wife's a team player. She likes to do stuff with me. God bless her. She wants to fish with me, hunt with me, run with me. She'll do anything with me dive with me. She'll, she'll risk her life for me. So we dressed up in our little run outfits. <laughs> and uh, we went down San Carlos Park area. There's a little run area there um, with nice sidewalk. So I said, okay, we'll do this together. And I started running in the slowest possible speed I could run. And she fell behind. <laughs> and I, so I stopped and I said, Kathy, you're going to have to keep up with me if we're going to run together. Otherwise, I'm going to end up being so far ahead, I won't even see you. I, I don't, she said, I am running as fast as I can. <laughs> now, I'm going, to, I'm going to demonstrate for you her. Kathy, you want to come up here and give me a little? <laughs> that was about the speed that she was running. She was moving, but nothing was happening. And neither one of us really were overweight. Um, she ran a quarter of a mile. She got so red-faced, she looked like a Baptist preacher. <laughs> I mean, she got red-faced. She was just something else, couldn't I? I mean, 
couldn't hardly breathe. She was just gasping for breath. You know, you're, you're breathing flies and gnats in. You don't care. Because you can't stop to try to get them away or you're going to die. And so I, was, I ran a half mile, and I was done. I mean, I, I couldn't have gone another anything. I was, my face was red, and I was sweating and gasping for breath. And realized that this discipline of running was going to cost us something. Now, you never can win if you quit. There's, there's one thing that was going to stop me from doing this is if I quit. Well, I'm kind of a hardhead about stuff. So I said, by the grace of God, we're going to do this if it kills us. <laughs> and we got where I could run three miles and kick it at the end. My wife could run a quarter mile. No, my wife could run. <laughs> my wife could run two miles. Two miles. Two miles. I could run three. I got to where I could run five and kick it at the end. I mean, hit it hard at the end for the last 100, 200 yards and, I, and did it. I wouldn't have believed it possible to do. Be honest with you. I wouldn't have believed it possible to do. I was a, I was a, only thing I knew is other people had done it ahead of me, and I figured if they did it, I could do it, right? I got my doctor's approval, whatever that means, but, uh, and I know that God this morning, I don't have to wonder about this. God wants you to be in spiritual condition. God wants your senses sharpened by spiritual exercise. And you know, we at the gospel here have the read through the Bible program. That is simply a gym. That is a gym in which you can sign up and exercise yourself spiritually and read the entire or listen to the entire Bible. You don't have to do it every day. You may read the Bible three times a week, one time a week, but you read basically the whole Bible through in a year. And you decide to do it, just like my wife and I decided to run. And you're going to have some pain and you're going to have some resistance, just like my wife and I did when we decided to run. Got busy, didn't want to do it, you know, had all kinds of other stuff going on, but did it. But discipline has almost no place in our society. But it's the only way, and it's the only way that, if I should say a spiritual vehicle, that you're going to grow in Christ. It's through Gumnazo, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Listen to me. You'll never grow spiritually if you don't read the book. There's just no way. Or you can listen to it. But listening to it or reading it, but you're going to have to take the, I think it's about 80, 90 hours it takes to go through it at an average speed. And maybe a little bit more than that. About over, I think it's 76 hours for the Old Testament, 26 hours for the New Testament, something like that. Let's say 100 hours of your time this year to get in condition spiritually. But if you don't, you're going to be disappointed in yourself, and God's going to be disappointed in you too. And no wonder you fail. God wants us to be godly. God wants us to be like him. You can define the word godly as devout. I mean, all, all over it. You want to be like God in your thought life and your, in your, your uh, the words of my mouth and meditations in my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That's where I want to go, amen? How does that happen? Shazam? Should I just release the sparkles from the ceiling? 
Or is it going to have to be a decision that you make between you and God, you and the Holy Spirit, when he comes by and says, I need you to, to know about me, and to know about me, you're going to have to read your book, or, and, and I want you to go into the world and preach the gospel of every Christian, you're going to have to learn to be a witness, you're going to have to learn the gospel, you're going to have to figure out how to get past your shyness, you're going to have to figure out to get past your, your anything in your path, and I'll help you through it, and, and God will do it. You'll exercise yourself unto godliness. Godliness should be the goal that we move toward every day. You say, Brother Bill, I know what you're talking about, but I just have not been able to succeed doing that. You may have misunderstood. The reason you didn't succeed is because you've misunderstood how godliness comes into your life. Godliness means work, that dreaded four-letter word, W-O-R-K. It's sustained, regular, daily effort. The Christian life, excuse me for this, the Christian life is not a one-time, one-decision, boom, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's a daily work, a daily decision, a daily exercise of your life. You say, well, that's not very glorious. No, it's not. It's not real glorious. But trust me, the result is glorious. After my wife and I got done, you know, hating life for about six weeks, I mean that. I mean, I had aches and pains and muscle problems, joint problems, every kind of problem. I just ignored all of it. She ignored all of it. And eventually we were able to do it. And I know you're not going to, you people don't exercise, aren't going to believe this, but we felt better after we ran, than before we ran. I know you're not going to believe this, but we had more energy after we ran than before we ran. Not for the first six weeks. Maybe eight weeks. You simply go through this transformation period when you're trying to form a new habit that Nothing feels good. You have less energy after you run. You're sore after you run. You're miserable after you run. You walk around like an old man crippled up, but eventually your body will respond to the daily discipline that you give it by saying, you, you know, I got a saying I've said over it, you're going to have to shoot me to stop me. And pretty soon the body looks at you and goes, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to be all right with this. And you've overcome. You walk around, you run up steps like this. Da, da, da. <laughs> I think years ago, many of you remember Cassius Clay. Turned into Muhammad Ali, but Cassius Clay. I, I was real interested in the way he he. he came up into fighting ranks. My dad was a boxer, see, so I was interested in anybody that became good in boxing, and Cassius Clay uh, didn't start out good enough to beat Sonny Liston. He was not good enough to beat Sonny Liston in the beginning of his career. He had to exercise himself. 
He had to go to the gym. It was one sparring match at a time. It was one run at a time. It was one speed bag at a time. It was a discipline, a God, a, if I would say a physical uh, a habit that he developed of going to the gym so many days a week, of running so far every day, of, of doing the speed bag so many times, and, and the, the big bag, I forgot what they call that, but the bigger bag, and, and, and to do all that you had to do. Brother, if he had have said, well, I'm ready to meet, I, I want to fight, and I'm ready to meet uh, Sonny Liston, all he'd have remembered is being on the mat. But when he got in that, when he got in that uh, ring with Sonny Liston, a, 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 a giant of a man, a hitter, would knock your head off. He got in, and he floated like a butterfly, and he stung like a bee. And Sonny Liston couldn't touch him. And all of a sudden, that little six-inch punch, Sonny Liston's on the ground, looking up, wondering what happened. I don't think Cassius Clay had to think about floating like a butterfly or stinging like a bee. I don't think he had to think about, I'm going to throw my left, going to throw my right, going to throw my left, going to throw my right. Why? He had done it so much for so long and was disciplined so thoroughly that it became an auto response. This is where I'm going. You want to discipline yourself under godliness to the place that you're, oh, I have to read my Bible again. Oh, I need to go out witness. I need to talk to this. I need to pass some tracts. I need to, I need to help some people. I need to do good unto all men. You don't have to. Pretty soon. You don't feel right if you don't do that. Oh. It becomes an auto response. It becomes a habit. You know, sometimes habits, you know, habits got a bad name. Habits got a bad reputation. We're always talking about drug habits and drinking habits and, and, and bad habits, right? But there's a whole array of good habits. And many of you people in this room this morning have good habits, godly habits. You've exercised yourself. You, you've gone to the spiritual gym. You have done it so much and for so long that you would not feel right in a day if you didn't do it. My dad, I'd ask him, you know, I'd say, Dad, what are you doing? Why do you run like that? He said, oh, son, I don't feel right. My day's not right. My day's not right if I don't run. I just, this is not a good day. I said, really? You know, for the people on the outside of discipline, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a man in the moon talking. I mean, it's like, what, what are you talking about? You mean you feel good? You mean you want to go? Yeah. It was ingrained in his spirit. Oh, when you start disciplining yourself for God, it'll feel awkward at the first. It may hurt at the first. Uh, you may want to quit, and you may quit a few times uh, along the way. You'll get discouraged along the way. Expect it. Uh, you, you, and you always want to do something stupid. The first day a person goes down to lift weights. I'm a young man. I used to lift weights. I know you can't believe it. But if I flex my muscle right now, I'd rip my suit out. <laughs> I know you can't believe it. That's why I wear these big suits. Big... How, many, how many young men here started lifting weights at one time in your life? You started lifting weights. 
The rest of you should have started. Shame on you. But I, I went down, I said, I was, about, I was about 19, 18. And I said, I'm going to start lifting weights. I went down, and guess who was in the gym? Mr. Amer- Mr. Indiana. Mr. Indiana. I'm, I'm going to think of his name here in a second. Mr. Indiana. And I went up to him. I said, can I lift weights with you? He said, no. I said, why can't I? He said, you're too puny. He did. He told me I was too puny. He said, you'll never have a good physique. He said, you might. He did. He told me I was too skinny. He said, I'm looking for some heavy set boys that I can really put some muscle on them. I go, well, thank you. I'm thank God's not that way, man. He'll take you. Well, anyways, the first day you go down, you know what you do? You do stupid stuff. You pick up the heaviest weight you can pick up. Give me that 100 pounds. I want to I lift that. I want to bench press that 125, whatever it is. You get, you get on the bench. You say, give me 100. They go, oh, man, that's a lot of weight. Okay, well, you sit there and you do three, four, five reps, repetitions. And they go, oh, yeah, not bad. And I say, man, I got it. I got it. That's stupid. Because the third day, you're so sore that you quit and go ahead and order pizza and a milkshake. (laughs) The sixth day of training, you can't lift the 100 pounds. And so you quit and go order a Domino's and give it all up. I've had people want to read their Bible through, and they go, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to read, instead of reading 23 chapters a week, I'm going to read 46 chapters a week, so they get in there, and they're four months down the road, they're not reading at all. That's what happens if you try. Developing a good habit is little by little. It's steady. It's repetition to develop a spiritual habit. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. This sounds like exercise, doesn't it? Deny himself, take up his cross daily, daily, and follow me. What is he now in, the, in light of exercising thyself rather unto godliness, take up his cross daily? What's that kind of telling you? That the Christian life is not a come to church on Sunday and then forget about it till next Sunday. A Christian life is not come to church on Sunday, even Sunday night. You want to be super spiritual? Come to church on Sunday night? Nobody does that. You come to church on Sunday night and go twice a week. And then next Sunday, go twice a week. That's not going to do it. And you know it's not going to do it. You've seen people try that, didn't do it. Living for Jesus is a, Daily process. It is a daily process. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.24, and that she put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 says, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that is created in him. We are to develop a habit and a form and a habit of honest godliness over and over and over again. And eventually that habit becomes ingrained in us and it will last. Ooh, this is the good part. Once you develop a godly habit, 
And by the way, it's not easy to develop, and I already told you all the resistance you're going to have in developing it, but if you'll, if you'll break through, and the Holy Spirit's going to let you do this, going to cause you to do this, going to cause you to live, going to cause you to be vic- victory in Jesus. And when you do this, you come to the other side where you, 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 you wouldn't even dream of smoking again, or you wouldn't even dream of taking a drink of alcohol again, or you wouldn't even dream of being immoral, or you wouldn't even dream of, of being wicked in some way that, that the Bible warns us against. Why? Because you've exercised yourself little by little, day by day, day in, day out, of, for godliness, and eventually it gets into your soul. And if you go ahead and do one of those things or others, it will be so absolutely intolerable that you'll say, I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. You know what the trouble is? You quit before you get that habit formed. You quit before the habit. Oh, man, what a sad case it is when people quit before the habit's formed. We need to be well-trained. You know, we start out well-trained in ungodliness, and we need to end up well-trained in godliness. We need what we call reverse train. That's what, the, that's what being a Christian is all about, it's reverse training. And we're to put on the new man. That means you make the effort. You say, well, I want God to lift me up and make it happen. You're going to die saying that same thing. If you're trying to lose weight, you know what I find out about people who, who struggle with addictions is they always talk about the future. Oh, this is good preaching for RU. They always talk about tomorrow I'm going to quit. Tomorrow I'm going to do this. Tomorrow I'm going to do this. Let's quit talking about tomorrow. I'm sorry to say this, but tomorrow never comes. I mean, it just doesn't come. We're not living tomorrow. You're never going to live tomorrow. You're only going to live today. And so quit saying, I'm going to lose it tomorrow. I'm going to do this tomorrow, do that, whatever the subject is. You just got to say, today is the day. And now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. And I'm going to start by the grace of God today. And if I fail today. Now, there were times when my wife and I, somehow or another, we'd get off and we wouldn't run. We were supposed to run, I think, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And it just wouldn't work out. You know, Gillespie invite me over or something, and I'd have to go. And, uh, uh, you know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't make it, you know. But you know what? I look at my wife. We look at her, and I say, we're going to run Saturday. Okay. Okay. And sometimes she'd say, I don't want to run. I said, we're running. And sometimes I would tell her, I don't want to run. Oh, she'd enjoyed this. We're running. I say, I give you permission to command me. Oh, they like that. They really do. I read in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. 
even those that by reason of use, gunazo, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Habit works for you if you'll exercise it unto godliness. I remember some of you may have had this happen. Or you haven't ridden a bicycle in a long time. Most of you rode bicycles when you were kids. Well, I think I rode a bicycle when I was a kid quite a bit, but when I, I didn't think I rode a bicycle until I was in my... Kathy, how old were we when we rode around the rim of the volcano in Hawaii? Is she here? No, she's not here. She had enough. <laughs> she's in the nursery. The, the, the privilege of being in the nursery. And we went to Hawaii on a cruise, and we, <laughs> we said, we'll sign up for an excursion, and we'll ride eight miles around the rim of a volcano on a mountain bike. <laughs> I think we were 60. I hadn't ridden a bicycle since I was 18, 19, 20 years old. And we're talking about mountain biking. First of all, I looked at the seat and I told the guy, where's the cushion? He goes, mountain bikes don't have no cushion on the seat. I said, are you guys crazy? I said, are you crazy? Pull out all the rags you got. The guy starts pulling rags out. He makes me a cushion of rags, and we put bungee cords around it. I did one for my wife. I said, because we will be in the hospital in the ship tomorrow. <laughs> now, this writing was down a, a very, uh, you know, a path of dirt. It wasn't on pavement all the time. It was on dirt. And, and you know what? I remembered how to ride. The habit... I formed at, 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 you know, from when I started riding was probably 8, 9, 10, all the way to 16, 18 years old. I still had it. Amen? If you form a habit of godliness, it will stick with you. It will stick with you. And you won't forget it. You'll know it, and it'll change your life. Brother, this is a secret for a changed Christian life. I mean, you can go for the Shazam all you want, but it's not going to help. It takes, it's been said it takes, some people say 21 days to form a new habit. Other people say 40 days. I mean, there's different numbers, but maybe I'm pretty stubborn. I think it takes 60 days with me. But brother, if you'll do something daily long enough, you'll do it. You'll do it. Your body's just that way, and your spirit's that way. Or he wouldn't tell us to exercise ourselves rather unto godliness. He wouldn't put the responsibility on us if he was going to shazam it. If he was going to go, whoop, you got it, then he wouldn't tell us to do it. He wouldn't tell us to put on the new man if he was going to put the new man on us. But he tells us, you put the new man on. You deny yourself. You do it daily. You make the decision to follow me. And I'll come. And I'll help you. 
and you'll be transformed. You don't have to do it alone. That's the beauty of it. You got a trainer. In Philippians 2.13, I'm, I'm about done. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. You got a trainer. God wants me to succeed. I'm only here today as your pastor because of what I'm trying to tell you this morning. I didn't have some magical abilities. I didn't have some special gifts other than I decided by the grace of God that the devil would have to shoot me to stop me, that I was at least going to read my Bible through, that I was at least going to know the Word of God, that I was at least going to obey the Great Commission, that I was at least going to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, that I was at least going to tithe. No matter how broke I was, I was going to give God 10 plus percent. I wasn't going to die having cheated God, and I've done that all these years, and the product is something good. Practice something good. Discipline, structured life. Here's the way the process is. You have structure, you have discipline, and it breeds freedom. You know, the early part of my Christian life was a lot harder than this part. Why? Discipline breeds freedom. You know that. I told you about the first part. I understand how hard it was. I've had people get saved and say, preacher, this thing's just too hard. Ah, man, I just don't know if I can handle being a Christian. It's just so hard. I said, it'll get better. It'll get better. I don't tell them, well, it's not supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. But as you begin to exercise yourself, you get, you get better as time goes on. You know, you can come out to my house. I planted about 50, 40, 50 oaks at my house. And I can tell you this, you can't watch them grow. I've tried, but you can't watch them grow. But in the 20 years I've lived there, they've gone from this to this, this. They have been growing when I wasn't watching. And God will do that to you. People may not be able to watch and see, oh, man, here. But, brother, eventually they're going to look at you and go, whoa. Oh, you must be a Christian. Father, help us this morning in the name above every name. We pray that the Spirit of God would teach. Teach this simple, simple concept of exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Father, there could be some in this room that have been struggling being a Christian, ready to give up, ready to throw in a towel, ready to say it's over. It don't work. It works for others, but it don't work for me. But it'll work for you. It will work for you. God's for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? And so, if you'll just make the decision and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And the, the things that God wants you to do, blessed are they that don't hear the word of God, but they that do it. That's what right behind me up on the board. Jesus' words, Luke eleven twenty eight. 28. Blessed are don't have the Bibles at the house and those that read it and do it. Father, help us, help us to understand this concept. And may your people make the decisions they need to make. And may 2019 not be, a, not be like 2018. May it be better. May our goals be bigger. May our accomplishments be more profound. 
through the Holy Spirit of God. That ultimately you receive all the glory and the honor because you purchased it through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, sealing it by the resurrection. And we had simple childlike faith and you saved us. Father, if there be somebody in this room without Christ or Savior, may today be the day. They've put it off. They've, they've, they've negotiated with God, done everything. But why don't you come today and just lay everything down at his feet and say, I'm a sinner unable to save myself. And would you save me today? Forgive me of my sin. That's the promise of the Bible. Jesus died for your sins. Why don't you accept that gift? Receive it to yourself. Father, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.